No one will forget where they were on the 15th of April when they found out that the Cathedral of Notre Dame was going up in uh, literally flames. It was uh, one of the worst things I think I've ever experienced watching on TV. I was The last time I watched news coverage wall-to-wall like that was when 9-11 occurred. And so when I wasn't watching the fire ravage through that cathedral, I was cooking and listening to the commentary of the fire ripping through that cathedral. To me, it was a heartbreaking experience. And I know that it was even more profound for people that are from France and live in Paris. Why it was heartbreaking for me was quite literally, there are only two buildings that have ever almost made my heart stop when I came upon them and looked on them. One of them was the Alhambra in Granada, Spain, and the other was Notre Dame, which I approached from the back when I was backpacking in in the 90s. And I saw those flying buttresses and nothing could prepare you for that sight. It was overwhelming. It was breathtaking. It was beautiful. And now it stands as an empty shell in Paris. One of the amazing things about tragedy is during these moments of hopelessness, we still find hope. Here's the crowd in Paris. I mean, beautiful. They're watching this iconic landmark burn, and I and there they are singing. It's an it, you know, it was. What do you do when you're feeling hopeless? You know, you raise your voices, and just an incredible story. I hear they were applauding the fire brigade as they left. You know, after 15 hours of fighting this, it is finally out the fire at Notre Dame, and now they look at the uh, facade and the two monuments that have not yet collapsed and, you know, try and figure out how to rebuild. Paul Cohn joins us right now. He is with the Center for Study of France and the Francophone World at U of T. Paul, welcome to the show. Uh, Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you. Immediately uh, when I was watching Notre Dame burn on the screen, I reached out to Chris, our producer, and I said, you need to find someone who can speak to the profound loss of not only Notre Dame, uh, what it means to Parisians, but what it means historically. And he came upon your name. So first of all, talk about it from the, uh, the background of having a mother who is French and, you know, being part French yourself, how you felt to watch that amazing cathedral go up in flames? Um, I, I think it speaks to the many different uh, uh, layers of emotions that people in Paris and France and around the world uh, experienced uh, yesterday and uh, today um, uh, seeing the destruction. I, I think, I, uh, as you said, I'm, I'm half French and spent a good part of my life uh, in, in, in Paris. And there is a sense, uh, and I speak now not as a historian, but as uh, someone uh, as a, 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 a Parisian, uh, there is a sense uh, of loss, a sense uh, of sadness that this uh, uh, symbol, this historical monument that incarnates so much of uh, of history, the, the history of Paris, the history uh, of France, the, the history also uh, of something that goes beyond France, the the Gothic, the the great uh, period of, of Gothic. 
uh, architecture and Gothic cathedrals isn't limited to France. It's a European-wide phenomenon. Um, but there was a, a, a profound sense of sadness. Not to say Paris, it, it, it is sad to say, has suffered its uh, uh, lot of tragedy in recent years. And I'm thinking here of the Charlie Hebdo terrorist attacks or the Bataclan uh, uh, terrorist attacks, and that uh, we can be thankful that there was no loss uh, of life uh, yesterday, uh, and this uh, is a different order of tragedy, a different kind of sadness, uh, but there is something uh, profoundly sad. Although I, I, I would add, it's, there was a sense both that this was unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's such a big, for those who visited uh, Notre Dame or any of the Gothic uh, great Gothic cathedrals. They're they're enormous. They're built uh, out of uh, uh, these enormous uh, supporting stone walls and pillars and so forth. And it's hard to imagine them ever coming down. But for uh, people like uh, my mother, old enough to have lived through the Second World War, uh, they'll know they'll recall that uh, both in France and without France, a great many uh, of the the great Gothic cathedrals were heavily damaged or destroyed in bombing. And in the First World War, the Hans Cathedral was heavily damaged uh, in the Second World War. Um, uh, the, the great Rouen Gothic Cathedral uh, was uh, heavily damaged during Allied bombing in 1944. So there, uh, there is a history of, of destruction or uh, heavy damage to such structures. Um, Notre Dame in Paris had not experienced, uh, it had experienced some uh, over the course of its eight centuries, some damage, but nothing like this. It was going through a revitalization period, and they were they suspect, though they don't have the proof yet, that something went wrong with the welding um, up at the spire, possibly setting those old beams, which are old-growth forests. They say they can't build it the same way again because they just can't find um, logs that big. They're from the 13th century in uh, Europe anymore. But let's talk about that, the fact that it was point zero in France. And if you have never been to Paris before, Paris is a city of circles. It kind of grew out from the middle and everything is measured uh, from Notre Dame. It is quite literally point zero. Uh, Paul, I've been to Paris. I spent uh, a few days there, you know, almost a week when I was a kid backpacking around. And I never once went to see the Eiffel Tower because, quite frankly, it was all about Notre Dame. And I am not a religious person. It just is such an important historical landmark. Why is that? I, I think you make a very good point that there there is, uh, on the one hand, a profound religious dimension. It goes without saying. This is the uh, the seat of the Archbishop of Paris. It's a cathedral. In the in the uh, tape that you played uh, uh, just a few moments ago of a, a group of uh, uh, clearly believing Catholic uh, French people singing uh, the Ave Maria, there is a profound spiritual and religious dimension to Notre Dame that can't be denied. It's it's the animating force that uh, motivated its construction eight centuries uh, ago and motivated the great flowering of, of Gothic architecture, but. As you emphasize rightfully, there, there is a, a, a very powerful set of dimensions that aren't, uh, uh, strictly speaking, uh, tied specifically to its Catholic uh, nature. And I think it's important to emphasize that um, the loss that French people uh, and the sadness that French people felt yesterday as they watched uh, the roof burn uh, far uh, spilled out far beyond uh, the circles of, 
of French Catholics. France, uh, as we know, is one of the most secularized uh, societies in the West, and it's uh, Notre Dame's force as a, a symbol is uh, at once a, a symbol of uh, of its national heritage as uh, a great monument. It's been a site of a great many uh, important historical events. Uh, we can think Napoleon's coronation as emperor uh, uh, took place in Notre Dame, uh, even though the French Republic is a, is a ferociously secular uh, uh, republic. It, it's the place where, for example, uh, French presidents who are uh, Catholic, like François Mitterrand, when they die, there is a memorial service that takes place in Notre Dame. Uh, it was a site during the uh, radical phase of the French Revolution, uh, when uh, uh, Catholic churches were decommissioned, it was the site of, of the, uh, the religious ceremony to, to, in tribute to the creator spirit of this new uh, kind of deistic religion that briefly the French Revolution sought to put in place. And so it's played a very powerful role in, in French history. The, it is, uh, of course, the subject of Victor Hugo's great uh, 1830s novel, Notre Dame de Paris, which has entered into global popular culture through a series of film adaptations and so forth. And so it's... You're talking about The Hunchback. That's correct. Yes, absolutely. So it's... Uh, there are a lot... There are many layers uh, of meaning that speak to a lot of different people. And it's... Uh, in, in terms of its global significance, uh, it is by some measures uh, the most visited uh, monument in Europe. And so it, it clearly speaks uh, to uh, people all around the world uh, as it was built uh, to be a spectacular site of social community. Of course, it was built to be a, a, a site of Catholic Christian uh, community, but today it functions of course, as that still, but also uh, as a gathering place for people from all over the world who revel perhaps less in its spiritual and, and strictly confessional function, but uh, more as, a, as an aesthetic, uh, uh, as a, in terms of more ecumenical and aesthetic function. You know, you talked about how it was built as a, you know, a Catholic uh, a place of worship, but speak to how important that Catholic Church was in Rome and uh, the French Kingdom, actually shaping that, you know, having that Catholic Church in the middle of this French Kingdom when it was being built in the late 13th and early 14th centuries. Well, like like every uh, um, polity in uh, Europe in that period, uh, there is uh, there are Catholic Christianity is the official state religion, uh, as it were. The the monarch of France, the king of France, is committed to the the defense of the faith and uh, the, the the coronations of the French kings uh, all take place in cathedrals, though not at, not in Notre Dame. I believe only one French king was ever crowned in, in Notre Dame. Um, uh, so there, there is a, a marriage of altar and throne, as it were, all the way up until uh, the French Revolution. And so the, in Notre Dame is as with everything in the Middle uh, Ages and, and all the way up to the French Revolution, uh, the religious is political and the political is religious. There's a sacralized dimension to the monarchy and the very site of construction, the, the spatial uh, location of Notre Dame on the Ile de la Cité, as you mentioned, it's in the very center uh, of Paris. The, the, the small island in the Seine where it was built was the, the birthplace of Paris as a as, as a town of the Gauls. It was a, a Roman administrative capital, uh, Lutece, 
and uh, it was built right across from where the royal law courts uh, were, and they're still French law courts uh, uh, today on Ile de la Cité, just a, a short. <laughs> the police headquarters of France, or, uh, of, of the, uh, the Paris police, are also just across the street. So it, it, uh, it was built right at the, uh, in a sense, at the heart of uh, uh, administrative power and royal power. That's not to say it was the most important in, in terms of the political, uh, the, the politics of religion in France. It, it, that's not to say it was the most important church. There were others. Saint-Denis, uh, just north of Paris, the Basilica is the final resting place for French kings. Uh, it's, it's where the, the funerals uh, for French kings took place. And Reims was the uh, cathedral where French kings were traditionally uh, coronated. The coronation ceremonies took place. But Notre Dame, all the same, uh, 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 it played a very major role in kind of the political liturgy of the French medieval and early modern kings. Paul, you know, you uh, work as an associate professor at the of history at U of T in, in the study of France. If I was at a dinner party beside you, I'd probably ask you what your favorite Notre Dame factoid is. What is that? Um, I think uh, what I find perhaps most interesting uh, about Notre Dame is uh, that it's uh, w- we we have a tendency perhaps to think of it as a as a medieval construction as a, as a Gothic cathedral that was built over two centuries, uh, 800 years ago. And that certainly is true, but it, it, it's not the whole story. The, I think the whole story is that it's like all of these structures, it's, it, it's a building that uh, accumulates uh, generations and centuries of work, of rethinking uh, of what the building should be for and what it should look like and what its aesthetics are. And it's changed. It's undergone very significant uh, modifications over the centuries. Louis XIV uh, uh, for example, in the 17th century, uh, uh, didn't like the kind of cluttered Gothic uh, aesthetic of the interior and had the interior almost all cleared out to create mm. more open space. In the 19th century, very famously, uh, Viollet-le-Duc was a very major uh, um, kind of architectural restorer, uh, uh, underwent, uh, 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 undertook a, a very significant uh, renovation of Notre Dame, which it entailed a huge amount of modification. If you, there are photographs of Notre Dame before the Viollet-le-Duc uh, restoration that you can find, uh, and I invite listeners to go take a look. On, on uh, You can find them on, uh, 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 easily on the Internet. And, mm-hmm. and it, it looks quite different. The spire, for example, that came down yesterday isn't a medieval construction. It's a 19th century construction. It, it was a Viollet-le-Duc edition. And I think it's and uh, I think we're on uh, uh, the French government is about to embark on a, on a reconstruction of Notre Dame again. So this is just a continuation of its life. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's not to say we can mourn the loss, as you mentioned. The we'll never be able to replace the first growth uh, 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 timber that burned yesterday uh, under the roof. But it, absolutely, these uh, these. Uh, structures uh, continue. It will be rebuilt. Um, the Rouen Cathedral that uh, was bombed in 1944 has been rebuilt, as has the Haas Cathedral. Um, St. Paul's in London, uh, which was bombed during the uh, the Blitz, was rebuilt. And, and uh, it, it is, uh, uh, sadly, uh, abs- absolutely, but it is. Uh, it has always been a part of the life of these uh, very long-lived structures. Paul, I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for joining us. This was my pleasure. Thank Cheers. you. Paul Cohen is associate, per- associate professor at the uh, University of Toronto in history, studies everything France, and seems to know his stuff about Notre Dame.